difficult to talk about inspirational stories without mentioning several people, including this man whose story I'm about to tell. This man once wounded a business rival in a duel. He had a long and varied career doing a multitude of jobs such as delivering babies and practicing the law. According to legend, after a Japanese baseball team celebrated a championship win by taking his statue and tossing it into a river, he placed a curse so powerful that since 1985, the team has not won another baseball championship. Legend even says that there is no chin behind his beard. There's only a third fist. Wait, sorry, that's Chuck Norris. But the man we're talking about today, his name was Colonel Harland Sanders. Welcome to History, Her Story, a podcast where we take inspirational stories throughout history and tell it to you dramatically, dedicated to motivate you in your daily life. The man who would become the legendary colonel was born Harlan David Sanders on September 9, 1890, in a small house close to Henryville, Indiana. He was the oldest of three children, born to Wilbur, David, and Margaret Ann Sanders. His family was not very wealthy, but they lived happily. It all changed when Harland was only five years old. When his father came home one day with a fever, then suddenly died that same day. Harland grew up quickly then. His mother was forced to work at a tomato cannery to fend for her family, and her children foraged for food. Harland took care of his two younger siblings, often cooking for them. Even then, the boy was reportedly good with food. At the age of 10, Sanders began work as a farmhand. He was soon fired, and his mother scolded him so badly that he, with the innocence of a child trying his hardest, resolved to never let it happen to him again. Needless to say, that was only the start of a string of jobs for Harlan that he would lose. He dropped out of school in seventh grade, citing algebra as a class that led him to quit, which I find very relatable. His relationship with his stepfather was so strained that he ran away from home. Without even a high school education, Harlan Sanders was on his own. Harland quickly found things to do. At only 15 years old, he lied about his age and joined the U.S. Army, serving a full term as a wagon driver. But by 17, the rebellious, hot-headed adolescent had already gone through four jobs, moving on from some and getting fired from others, serving as a carriage painter to a streetcar conductor to a soldier in Cuba. While working on a railroad at 18, Sanders fell in love with and married Josephine King from Alabama. The couple had a son, Harlan Jr., who died tragically at a young age, and two daughters, Mildred and Margaret. By day, Sanders worked as a fireman. By night, he studied law. But the persistent, hot-tempered fighter inside of him got him into trouble. He was fired from his firefighter job after brawling with a colleague. He realized he could make much more money settling the cases of workers injured in a rail accident than firefighting, so he moved into law, but his career crashed when he got into another fight, this time inside the courtroom with his own client. After that, he decided he didn't want to be a lawyer anymore. Drifting job to job, Harlan struggled to support his family. To make matters even worse, his wife Josephine left him, 
taking their children back to her parents' house. Josephine's brother even wrote to Sanders, saying, She had no business marrying a no-good fellow like you who can't hold a job. In 1930, after failing to hold numerous jobs when Sanders was 40 years old, the Shell Oil Company gave him a service station in Kentucky, where he began serving some ham, steaks, and wait for it, fried chicken. His food was well received, but his life was still not without trouble. One day, he and his business associate got into a deadly fight with his service station competitor, Matt Stewart, who kept painting over signs that advertised their business. One time, when the two men saw Stewart painting their signs again, they ran at Stewart, who immediately pulled out a gun and began shooting at him. Bullets cracked down all around them like something out of an action film, and Sanders' business partner fell, dead. Enraged, Sanders grabbed his partner's gun and returned fire, wounding Stewart. Stewart was later charged for murder, and Sanders' business competition at the station was essentially eliminated. By July of 1939, Harlan Sanders was able to use his money made from his food to buy back a motel, which was destroyed three months later in a fire. Yet, months later, the motel was back and refurbished, now including a 140-seat restaurant. At the same time, Sanders had finally perfected what he called his secret recipe. Fried chicken with a blend of 11 herbs and spices, and things were beginning to look upwards. At the same time, a new product was on the market. It was called a pressure cooker, a sealed vessel that cut down the time it took to cook his chicken from half an hour to a mere nine minutes. Armed with his new pressure cooker and a secret recipe, Sanders' fried chicken became so famous it was regarded as the national food of Kentucky and got Sanders an honorary promotion to become Colonel Harland Sanders. He began wearing his iconic white suit and black bow tie, and orders poured in like never before. For the first time in his life, he felt truly successful. But this was not a fairy tale ending for the newly christened Colonel. In 1959, a highway called Interstate 75 was constructed and completed. This new highway bypassed the location of the colonel's restaurant by seven miles, rapidly reducing the number of people that went to his place dramatically. He fought to keep his business going, but his debts kept piling higher and higher as he tried in desperation to save his business. He was forced to sell his once flourishing business, the light of his life, for $75,000 to pay off all his debts. Reportedly, the colonel entered into a period of dark depression. At 65 years of age, he had little money left over and was in despair with no idea of what to do next. One day, he received a check of $105 from the government. As he stared down at that letter, something cracked inside of him. He remembered all of his ventures from his youth, most of which had flopped. He was a wanderer with nothing sustainable he could hold down, nothing he could really call his own, with no direction in life. But no, he did have something to call his own. 
he still had his secret recipe. Armed with this trusty recipe, he went around to many restaurants all around Kentucky in his car. He would pull up to a restaurant, cook his chicken right in front of the restaurant owner, and let the owner taste his chicken. If the owner liked it, Sanders would license them the recipe in exchange for just five cents for every chicken sold. Legend says he was turned down 1,009 times before anyone accepted. Many times, Sanders bore the heat of humiliation. He and his wife were forced to live in their car, and Sanders often had to beg his friends for meals. But the colonel never truly gave up on himself. His belief that his recipe was a goldmine shone through, and KFC rapidly expanded to over 600 locations. The colonel eventually sold KFC at the ripe old age of 73 for, wait for it, $2 million. Under the agreement, the Sanders would remain the face of the company and be paid $250,000 a year for it. He eventually fought with KFC in his later years, feeling as if they had made the food cheaper by decreasing the quality, but that's another story. I guess the moral of the story is this. Ever decided not to follow one of your dreams or passions because you were felt that you were too old to start pursuing them? Ever felt demotivated as you see people who started years earlier than you flourishing while you struggle every day? Ever felt as if you fail at most of the things you try? This man, Colonel Harlan Sanders, is the prime example to never give up, that it's never too old to follow your dreams. That it doesn't matter how behind you are if you have the passion to succeed, to unleash the rebel inside of you to prove others wrong. That will conclude this story. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of History for Story. We'll see you next time.